This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? A little confused, Josh. I have to be reminded what it is we do here. We, <laughs> what what is going on? We were just talking before we hit record. Like, have we even have we even thought about fantasy for the last six months? Feels like we're coming back from a summer vacation. Yeah, I don't think I've been this this checked out on a on a, on a week of fantasy since. Uh, since the like going back to July, I think right. I mean, we started like the day that the the website opened back up. So, um, yeah, it just nothing happened, right? I mean, you had a couple of uh, uh, World Cup qualifiers, I guess. Phil Jones got injured again, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, par for the course. Par for the course. It wouldn't be a break. I mean, it wouldn't be just a span of time generally if Phil Jones didn't come out of. A span of time without a yellow flag. Yeah, exactly. I think our friend Uppercut Panda said he was uh, perma injured, which is basically true, right? This guy is, um, but he still plays. You know, I think he's only missed one. Has he started every single game week? On the I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. yeah, I think he has. He got taken off in the Huddersfield match, but he did start it. Uh, he's like an old machine at the uh, at the on the factory floor that's been around forever. I mean, even though Phil Jones isn't actually that old, right? But it's he's he's the machine that you basically yeah. have to kick a few times before yeah. it starts. You ever work at an like, office? You ever work at an office that had like an old microwave? You know, like a real yeah. like fifteen twenty year old microwave or an old coffee machine or something like that. And it's like sure. just just clean it out, just unplug it, clean it out. It's gonna work. It'll be fine. Yeah. So I don't think anyone's really sweating this Phil Jones injury too much. Are you? Are you are you sweating? I don't know. No, I've learned to deal with the ambiguity of being a Phil Jones owner. This is just <laughs> this is just my life now. Uh, did you do it? Phil Jones aside, did you do anything during the off week? Did you did you get out? Okay, and have fun? so there was one one football related thing that happened to me in this last week of the international break, and I went upstate here in New York. Some wonderful still still leaves up there, uh, changing colors, and. Uh, I encountered this one man who you actually know, Josh, we've met. He's he's a writer. His name is David Goodwillie. Mm-hmm. Started ta- talking to David Goodwillie about 
the Always Cheating podcast. He's he's generally a sports fan. And he said to me, oh, sports, soccer, yeah. I have an issue with soccer in particular because he's an artist and he relies on people being able to find him on Google. But the one person that beats him on every Google search is David Goodwillie, who plays in the Scottish Premier League. Mm. And this David Goodwillie is not a good person. Oh, really? Uh, he, he he has some uh, very um, ugly <laughs> allegations made against him uh, that I that we won't go into here. Yeah, yeah. But this is just a plea to the always cheating listeners out there. If you want to do David Goodwillie, the author, uh, uh, a solid, maybe maybe check him out and try and try and steer some of that SEO toward the good <laughs> David Goodwillie. Okay, all right, fair enough. What did you get up to over the uh, break, Josh? Any any football for you? No, I um, I I couldn't even get. I actually wanted to watch the um, the Ireland Denmark match yesterday, and uh, it was not carried in my local uh, <laughs> any of the various pirated channels that I that I have in my in my TV library. So um, I I didn't watch that. I, I I didn't do much actually. I was I was uh, I went to some went to two museums. So that's not bad, right? Um, yeah, culture yeah, stayed busy. Um, but otherwise I was just, I was just, you know, what I was doing, Brandon was I was just basking in the response to episode 100, which is what we recorded a few days ago. Um, I think you described it on Twitter as the episode was like when you like, you have a birthday party and you invite a bunch of people, <laughs> um, and you're like, ah, no one's going to show up. And then like everybody shows up, like even people that you didn't invite, like it's just, and they're all happy and like they all want to be there and, it was a good turnout. It, it was a good turnout for episode one. It was great. I mean, thank you again to everybody who contributed. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, it's really it's really a fun episode. We got a you know, ton of different responses from a lot of people that we've been interacting with on Twitter and Facebook, uh, et cetera, uh, over the last uh, couple of years. And they basically gave us one solid piece of advice each. And so, um, just a lot of a lot of top managers um, giving really you know solid kind of uh, evergreen. To use the uh, the word of the day, you know, ever, evergreen advice that you can use at any time during your during your season, the season or next. Um, so, just a, a very very good episode. Um, evergreen is also the title of a great Barbara Streisand song that my dad once asked me to put on a mix CD for him. To just just throwing that one the, out there. Was, was it a mix for him? And he was like requesting the songs for it. It was way back in the day where he, uh, my dad didn't really know how to use iTunes and he was like, Hey, so do you think there was a way for you to get this meatloaf song and this Barbara Streisand song on the same CD right. for me? And I was able to make that happen. <laughs> so, okay. As a quick aside, um, you know, we grew up in the era where you could still make mixtapes for people, right? Like we're, we're both in our thirties and, you know, growing up, you could, you could make a mixtape for a girl, right. To like try sure. to, to yeah. try to impress them. Well, the time I was in college, it was a mixed CD, right? Still kind of works. Not not quite as cool, but still kind of works. Um, uh-huh. Nowadays, I don't even think you can like – most people don't even have CD-ROM drives on there. Like we literally I, – I couldn't no. play a CD in this in my house if I wanted to, right? It would be impossible. Um, but just uh, – you have to create a Spotify channel for a girl you're trying to woo. Yeah, exactly. Now. Is that what is that what you do? Do you create Spotify channels? And if so, does it work? Let us know on episode 102 of the Always Cheating Podcast, <laughs> yeah, where we crowdsource how to ask girls out. That's that's really where the Always Cheating Podcast is veering at this All point. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this episode. This is um, it's episode 101. Uh, we we're, we're through the hundred episodes. We're into the new next next phase. 
Um, there's n- We're now no longer throwing parties for ourselves. So <laughs> exactly. That's in the past. There isn't a ton to talk about in the last few days. So we're going we're gonna to get right into the heart of this week's episode, which is um, it's a Game Week 12 preview. And we're going to go uh, uh, matchup by matchup. Uh, and then uh, we also have a few um, uh, sort of general questions. A lot of them are built around wild cards and, and formations, things like that. Uh, and the um, what's, what's different about this week's episode is all of the questions come from Reddit. Now, if you are not part of the the Reddit FPL community, um, I highly recommend it. I am a champion lurker on Reddit. I, I've been <laughs> I've been lurking there for many years. I don't comment too much. Um, I mean, partially, you know, just because um, uh, for whatever reason, I've kind of thrown my lot into the Twitter world, right? I mean, you have to. Yeah, you right. can't be active yeah. on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit. It's just just it's just too much, you know. So, yeah. But it's a it's a it's a great place to find information. I mean, if you go to the, like the front page of it, it's just um, you know, breaking, you know, every sort of piece of breaking news is going to find its way to the top of that page. So it's, uh, reddit.com slash R slash fantasy PL is the place you want to go. Uh, we're not getting paid for this. It's just, uh, it's just a tribute that, uh, we felt like doing because, um, they've been so good about, uh, you know, big up in the podcast over the years that, um, felt like a nice tribute just to, just to have all Reddit questions, especially for this, this kind of different episode, right. Where we're kind of, we're not reacting to anything. We're just sort of looking ahead. So, Absolutely. Yep. Nothing but love for our Reddit fans out there. Exactly. So, uh, uh, bless. Uh, all right. So let's get into the episode. Before we do, Brad, you have a new team name. Yeah. My, every, anyone who's been listening recently to Always Cheating knows we ran a contest with our good friends at Starting Eleven, the daily fantasy app you can download for your iPhone or Android phone. And uh, the the contest was to rename one of our teams. So whoever got the highest point total on Starting Eleven got to pick my team or your team, Josh, to rename. And the winner was John Torstensen. And because we had played a few head-to-head matches, John decided I was going to be his target for renaming the team. Um, And I think we were both anticipating a team rename to come out like not looking too good. I was hoping you would be humiliated. I really was. (laughs) Uh, Uppercut Panda, I think, actually said, if I had won, I would have just called Brandon's team not not BK Broilers, which was <laughs> so anyway, come to find it. Long story short, John, uh, who now lives in Norway, actually has family connections to Michigan, where both Josh and I are from originally. And Flint is uh, kind of um, a down in the dumps, former great automotive industry town. And uh, John has connections to Flint. Yeah. He decided to to nod toward that. My new team name is the Flint City Patriots. That is, that is so much better than BK Broiler. I mean, are you even going to change it back at Christmas? I mean, it would seem kind of lame to do that, right? No, 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 I'm not. I, the The only thing that I would do to change my name from the Flint City Patriots, thank you, John, I actually really <laughs> dig this team. I was telling people on Twitter, I, I feel like it's a nod to a, an old arena football, right. like, like American style arena football. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's a cool name. I think what I'm going to do after Christmas is independent of of the auspices of, of the podcast, maybe run a contest on my own Twitter account where I where I try to get somebody else to rename my team. I want my team to no team name to no longer be my responsibility because <laughs> I'm not good at it. No, you're really not. Uh my I I'm actually pretty good at it. I mean, uh I I have lots of good names over the years. Uh I'm not going to list them here, Brandon. Just just trust me. They're wonderful. Bakare lasagna, that was Bar- a good one. Yeah, RVPYT was a good one. Uh I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. this my current team name which is Morning in America. Which is an ironic reference like to Ronald Reagan's 1984 re-election campaign. 
Um, if you want to know more, uh, message me on Twitter. All right, so let's get into the episode. Normally, Brandon, our, our previews, uh, we throw them in for three minutes at the end of the podcast because we always run out of time. Uh, this time, we're, we're front-loading it. So uh, we're actually – Can we officially call it the optimizer? Yeah, this is the optimizer, man. Like strap yourself in like 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 Flight of the Navigator. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're actually going to – we're going to go fixture by fixture. Some of these fixtures are worth talking about more than others. Uh, and we will try to respond uh, accordingly. Uh, we have a few questions here as well, so um, where appropriate, I've, I've inserted them here. Uh, Brandon, this week's fixtures, and I'm actually going to be in San Francisco for this, um, so I'm going to rice aroni. I know, yeah. So um, I'm going to. I'm actually planning to wake up at 4:30 a.m. <laughs> for this this first fixture. Uh, I mean, you've got to. yeah. It's Arsenal Spurs. I can't resist. Um, so we got a couple questions here. Um, Fastos five five says. Uh, to Captain Kane or not to Captain Kane, uh, he fits into the paradigm of playing a team away from home that should be looking to win. Uh, but poor captaincy results recently have limited considered Hazard or even Pope as alternatives. I mean, Pope—that's crazy. Pope, Pope, Pope is kind of kind of insane. The goalkeeper shout so rarely works out. I mean, when it does, you can laugh in everyone's yeah. face. I just don't see. We all love the young Pope, of course. <laughs> yeah, young Pope, great TV show. <laughs> not enough people talking about it. Uh, so we talked a few weeks ago, Josh, about our if we get hit by a bus tomorrow teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just uh, full transparency, my uh, getting hit by a bus team right now has the armband on Harry Kane. I am a believer going into game week 12. Yeah, poor, poor results recently for the armband on Kane. But um, I just have a feeling he always performs in these London derbies, especially the North London derby. He almost uniformly scores a goal, and uh, I and and th- this has kind of been the the ebb and flow of the season so far, right? Like Kane has a great performance, then the following week he has a poor performance, and and we're coming up on great performance. Yeah, Arsenal haven't haven't really shown themselves to be great collectively as a defensive unit. Uh, I mean, Manchester City is is kind of an outlier in their great attacking threat. But there were some some serious breakdowns there. And if they're playing a guy like Francis Coughlin in the middle of their defense, that says to me Wenger's grasping at defensive straws. That is that is a if that's a weak spot, Harry Kane will be able to exploit it. So I'm feeling feeling pretty bullish about Harry Kane going into this. Yeah, match. it's I mean, those are all compelling arguments. I mean, the arguments against him would actually be more about the other captain candidates, I think. Um I have Lukaku in my squad. I actually have two players that are my my current captain and vice captain are not Kane, uh, and that's because I have Lukaku at home uh, to Newcastle, and Lukaku just um, I don't know what he like sh- he just can't stop in, scoring. Yeah, he shouldered in a goal over the international break. Um, I think that was off of his thigh. Hey, still, actually, a goal is a goal. He he, he broke his 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 goal scoring uh, streak. Um, I feel good about uh, Lukaku at home to Newcastle. I think that's that's my that's my current option, uh, and then I have uh, Mo Salah at home to Southampton, who I also like a lot. Um, and I guess I like Kane third of those three, but uh, I do reserve the right to change my mind. And I, I don't think I'll be captaining Kane. Though. I really don't. I think um, I think I think Lukaku is the one I'm going to go with. And I just kind of feel like Lukaku is you know he's costing me 11.5 million. If if I don't captain him at home to Newcastle, when am I ever? Going to captain him like what? Should I even have my squad if I'm not going to captain him? I'm going home to Newcastle. 
And haven't there been some rumblings that Pogba was meant to be returning to first team training over the break? So this this is the rumble. Um, it sounds like he probably will, actually. So uh, does that mean he plays the whole match? I don't know. Probably not. You know, does he come on for 30 minutes at the end? Maybe. Um, that should help Lukaku, for sure. Um, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, that... You don't need a, a dedicated FPL podcast to tell you that the secret sauce missing from United the last few weeks or the, the last mo- couple months has been Pogba. Right, so they need him back desperately for goals. This actually feeds into the next question, which is from Strawberry Labrador, who says, would you, be guy- would you guys be looking to shift Erickson out given that he appears to be playing deeper? So if well, I actually don't think he's playing deeper. I just think that that Spurs uh, squad has been kind of um, in some tumult recently with uh, – uh, with some of the injuries I've had to deal with, and you have suspensions from Alley, and so it's that the squad is ideal. You know, in almost every iteration of that lineup, Erickson is going to be right behind the striker, right? And and the introduction of Son, particularly the last match with Ali being out, they have to play a slightly different um, system right. with Son playing where where he plays more out wide and Ali is more central. Right. And I totally agree. Like Erickson will be dropping deeper to collect the ball, but you're still seeing him making runs, starting runs into the right. 18 yard box, but threatening there. I agree. That's not an issue for me. But if, if he found out that Pogba was, um, was, was starting this game week, like if, if Mourinho came out and said, Paul Pogba is starting this game week, would you be tempted to drop our Erickson for Pogba? Uh, no, I mean, I can track the logic there, but I do think that that's silly given that Erickson, he's been kind of off the boil FPL wise. He hasn't returned in, what is it now? Two game weeks. He hasn't returned attacking points, actually three game weeks, but, uh, he's shown great consistency through the first part of the season. I don't expect that he's going to flag for Okay, so Erickson is a streaky player, sure. right? We've known this across many seasons. But I really don't believe that um, you would want to drop Erickson, who's guaranteed nailed on for 90 minutes this weekend, for a player like Paul Pogba, who will be re- uh, returning from injury. We just don't know what to expect from him. Manchester United have been missing Pogba, but they also have shown themselves incapable of scoring goals. Yeah, uh, I I'm not ready to dump a very consistent player like Erickson, Erickson on a flyer. Like Paul Just Pogba. looking at Erickson, you know, it's surprising that Erickson has not registered an assist, like a single assist since game week two. <laughs> he is, yeah. Is that not yeah. surprising to you? I mean, I, I actually would not have believed that if I hadn't, if I wasn't just seen it. He's he's picked up three goals since game week two, but he has not picked up a single assist. Yeah, I guess that speaks to the whole Spurs team and that um, – you know they've they've registered some really great wins, but they haven't really locked into to a just like a fully fledged sort of like Voltron esque team yeah. like we've seen in seasons past. Erickson is on all these dead balls. He's taking all these corner kicks. Yeah, it's kind of shocking that none of them have gone in. Yeah, I mean that, that, that which also means that there have been eight king goals without a single Erickson assist on those eight goals, which is yeah. very surprising. Yeah. So to qualify everything I just said, I don't think I'm saying Erickson, like everyone go and get Erickson. Uh, but I don't, I believe if you're going to drop Erickson, there's only one player to replace him with. And that would be uh, Mo Salah, assuming you don't have him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get the, the yeah, or or possibly Leroy Sané. 
Um, yeah, a Man City, a Man City mid or Mo Salah, but otherwise you have to be holding Erickson, who's one of the top mids in the game right now, and yeah. you just can't deny that. Uh, as far as Arsenal goes, uh, I don't know how to feel about their chances in this game or even who I'd want fantasy-wise. I mean, I, I have Klosnik. I'm actually probably not going to start him in this game. Uh, which really speaks to my faith in Arsenal, right? That I'm not going to start in Arsenal. Like, I mean, if, if you have a six million defender and you're not starting them at home, like how much good are they really worth? But I, I just, I can't see them them shutting out Spurs at home. Um, it just doesn't seem very likely to me. So um, uh, maybe he makes his way into my squad eventually. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Ditto, ditto for me. Um, Monreal is in my squad and I'm probably going to bench him assuming and we can talk about our transfers at some point. I'll talk about mine now. Ryan Bertrand is out, and I'm looking to bring in a 4.5 defender. And it'll probably be Dunk or Duffy at Brighton. And if that's the case, then I'm starting Ben Mee, John Stones, and Dunk or Duffy. And Monreal is first on the bench. All right, so what? Uh, what's our prediction for this game? I'm going to go with uh, Spurs 3, Arsenal 1. Yeah, that was going to be my exact scoreline prediction. I I don't hold out great hope for a clean sheet on Spurs here. Yep, but I I I do believe like you, Spurs will walk away pretty easily. Yeah, uh, it sounds like Giroud was a little injured in um uh, in the um, international break, so there's I guess there's a chance that Lacazette plays the full ninety. I don't know how long Giroud's out for, but um yeah, Lacazette. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I actually could see him scoring in this match, but. Um, I was really impressed with the goal that he took in the uh, Man City game uh, last week. Yeah, through the five hole. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very composed. <laughs> it was. So uh, speaking of uh, cheap defenders, uh, the next match is Bournemouth-Huddersfield. Um, uh, Coutinho says, what are your thoughts on Bournemouth? Uh, Callum Wilson is back and the fixtures are great. Could there be decent defensive options there too? I don't get what all the fuss is about about Bournemouth. They've been trash all season. Yeah, the fixtures are looking good. This, to me, is a classic case of playing for, uh, fixtures over form. Mm-hmm. And to me, uh, this will be a litmus test, Bournemouth-Huddersfield. It, if, if Bournemouth is really making a play to be in our FPL squads, they have to really show it in this match at home to one of the softer promoted sides in Huddersfield. And if they and I will not be convinced until I see something in this particular match. But but what a run of fixtures! I mean, Huddersfield, Swansea, Burnley, Southampton, Crystal Palace. It's 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 yeah, like but a, again, you're playing you're playing fixtures over form. That's a no no, particularly with a team that's been very very ho hum at best this entire. Season. I wouldn't go full no no. <laughs> I I think that just a no. That plain fixtures of reform can be a way to get ahead on a player early to get in early. Um, uh-huh. You know, I mean, I think that sometimes if you want if you want a little bit of an edge, looking at the fixtures is a way to 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 get ahead of other people. I mean, you know, let's say that um, you know Charlie Daniels. Uh, you know, picks up an assist and a clean sheet and gets 12 points at home to Huddersfield next, next, next weekend. Uh, his value is going to rise like 0.3, right. Or 0.2 at least, you know, because he's down to 4.8 million right now. Um, so I think that there, there is something to be said for, for, you know, trying to find the next defender who's about to take off or the next midfield or whatever. Um, you know, I'm only really looking at their defenders. I mean, their, their midfield is, is kind of a mess. I mean, um, it's just a lot of rotation. There's really no one who, who I'd be very excited about. I mean, I guess, um, I guess sermon, right. is like, 
maybe the best option there? Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure it's entirely worth talking about, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pew, I just like I just like Pew because I get to say his name like I'm playing G.I. <laughs> Joe, like Pew, Pew, Pew. Yeah. Uh, Josh King, I mean, if if he, you know, can start to put it together a little bit, I mean, his, he's, he's dropped 0.5 already. So that's just madness. That, 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 that's kind of insane. Yeah. For a guy who we all wanted to basically marry <laughs> at the end of last season. Right, right. So he's he's down to 7 million and they have a great round of fixtures coming up. So if you wanted to be super cheeky with your third forward, I think that Josh King is not a bad option, right? I mean, the guy can score. Uh, you know, he's already he's you know he's picked up a, a sum total of one goal already this year, Brandon. Hey, that's that's Calvert Lewin territory right there, <laughs> and that that is that's part of my thinking in starting to downgrade all my ridiculous defenders like uh, Bertrand and maybe John Stones. Uh, is to get to the point where I can, A, afford to turn a guy like Richarlson or Gross into Mo Salah or Calvert-Lewin gets the star treatment and gets turns into Joshua King. How about this? If you had a goalkeeper problem, like I kind of feel like I do a little bit right now with my Fabianski-Elliott mess, uh, Begovic at 4.5 million, not a terrible option um, given the run of fixtures. I think that... Um, Francis concerns me a little bit. Francis is down to 4.4 million. So he's, he's a great, super cheap option. Um, he's also a terrible player. I think I said a couple weekends ago on the podcast that I think he might be the worst consistent starter in the premier league. I mean, every time you see a defensive blunder on Bournemouth, it's because Simon Francis, <laughs> well, like, it, it, or it, he's up there with Fraser Forrester. Anytime you see a goal scored on Southampton, it's <laughs> right. because Fraser Forrester, it, his, his brain hasn't quite clicked into motion. The, before the right. ball is in the back of the net. So Defoe, Defoe, no interest. Midfield, no interest. Uh, Daniels, of some interest just because he's on set pieces. He he was on pens. I actually don't know who's on pens right now for, for Bournemouth. I guess it's probably, um, uh, it's probably, uh, well, it could, what's his name? Uh, Defoe. It could be Defoe. Well, it depends on who's starting. Okay. Uh, Cal, I know Callum Wilson yeah. has been known to take a few penalties. Uh yeah. So yeah, there's, there's too many starters in the forward line to consider any of any of them. Um, Daniels is the only one I'd look at. Uh, I love Ake. Um, I just love to watch him play, but um, he's not. A, he's just not as much of a goal scorer. I mean, Daniels is point one cheaper. There's no reason to go for Ake over Daniels. Yeah. If you're going to punt on Bournemouth, I I totally agree. You must go with the cheapest possible option. Just and wait to see if it pans out. Burnley Swansea. Um, we don't have any questions about this game, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we both have Burnley defenders. We both feel pretty good about this match. Yeah, absolutely. It was, so Tammy Abraham got a start for England um, earlier in the break. Uh, by all accounts, he performed uh, fine. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how this impacts his performance against Burnley. I mean, Burnley will probably shut shut them down. Swansea are just wretched. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably a... Uh, Probably uh, just an easy Burnley win there, right? I just don't know. I, I just can't imagine Swansea wins that game. Um, so maybe, maybe Sam Vokes gets maybe somebody's somebody's prepping to play a wild card. Sam Vokes could be an interesting one week punt if you're if you're looking yeah. to overhaul your team after game week twelve. It's, this feels like a one nothing Burnley win, right? 
yeah, very few fantasy implications outside of how many points our Burnley defenders can get, fingers crossed. Right. And we like all the Burnley defenders. Uh, I have Ward, you have me. Uh, both good options. All um, of them, yeah. No, we yeah, don't Pope, Pope is a good option. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Loughton, kind of underrated, I guess, but it doesn't seem like you pick so many bonus points. Yeah, I guess that's the issue. And because these guys are so affordable, I mean, uh, Stephen Ward is getting... He's sort of getting priced out of the yeah, due to four, the Burnley defender four point nine, which is which is. I'm I'm glad I got him at four point five. I, I, at this point, if you're just if you're if you're just buying it now, you might as well just get me. Yeah, um, and me uh, me is not. He, we don't want to talk bad about him. He does get his a fair amount of chances. He hasn't put them away, but on set pieces, he's he's pretty good at finding the ball in the box. Sure. So he's he could be due a goal in the next few weeks. Yeah, and five bonus points in the last two games as well. So um, definitely a good option there. Uh, let's move right on. Uh, Crystal Palace, Everton. Uh, Brexit means breakfast, says. Is there a viable third forward in the sub 5.1 million range? Uh, he lists uh, Ayu, Calvert Lewin, and uh, Niasi. Uh, Is that how you say that? Niasi? <coughs> Niasi, Nias? I'm not, in, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I mean, Everton, it'll be interesting to look at Everton going into this Palace match. I mean, they still won't have a full-time manager going into this game, so it's still going to be the same old sort of uh, in-limbo, liminal space, Everton. (laughs) I I would feel – I'm feeling much more bullish about Palace in this match. Sure, Um, sure. I mean, to answer the question, are there any sub-5.1 million players you'd look at? I mean – you, I know you have covered Lewin. I mean, I, yeah. it can't last much longer, even with that goal, right? I mean, at some point you're going to need. <laughs> well, I've I've said this I've said this before. Uh, I'm basically playing a a three four two uh, a four four two, yeah. And Calvert Lewin is a rotational forward. I'll probably start him against Palace, but that's sure. because my defense is in flux. My whole four four two is in flux a little bit right now. Right. I wouldn't recommend you bring in any of those players like Calvert, any sub five million forward because you want to play them. But it would yeah. be to facilitate a great move in your midfield or a great move in your defense or to really stack your two other forward positions. Yeah, I mean uh, Tamar Hamed, uh, if he starts to if he if he breaks into the starting lineup again, uh, which might be hard to do because Glenn Murray has been kind of owning that spot, yeah, but. He has. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, given all the fixture pileup that's going to happen in the holidays, Hamed is right. going to get some starts. There's no doubt. Yeah, but he'll he'll probably be rotated in and out. So yeah, uh, there's yeah, there's really no good options. Like I guess if you just absolutely needed somebody, then Calvert Lewin would be the player to get. But um, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want any of those players. I mean, in IU, I definitely wouldn't want. Um, no. I just I don't want anyone on Swansea at the moment, including yeah. my yep. starting goalkeeper uh, Fabianski. Yeah, if I could if I could snap my fingers and turn uh Tom Carroll into um cheeky Loftus cheek, I'd do it sure. in a heartbeat because sure. yeah, Swansea is totally toxic right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh all right. Uh that brings us to uh so yeah, but I think do we, we want to talk about Pat, what about I mean there have been there have been some rumblings about Crystal Palace defense. Would we call a clean sheet here for Palace? Is this a Scott Dan uh big point haul? Uh, it feels like there's a lot of ambiguity with the with this game. I mean, we still don't really know what Palace is right now. I thought they put a pretty good game away to Spurs. Uh, I think that Everton, uh, just with the new manager, I mean, it's hard. I mean, they, they just picked, they just scored three goals, right? So, um, 
I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't really, I, I would not feel comfortable predicting a clean sheet in this game yeah. either way. Yeah. Right. But you'll, you'll I, play, you'll play Calvert Lewin. Uh, yeah. Or Loftus cheek. I will. Or, yeah, um, Loftus cheek. Yeah, the, yeah. I thought <laughs> it looked pretty good actually in the, uh, in the Spurs game, uh, 4.5 million. And he plays really far forward. Um, by all accounts, value, had a dynamite but, game in an England shirt earlier in the break. I would like to have more than a sum total of one assist from him so far this year, but uh, you know we'll see. Uh, but they've got pretty good fixtures coming up too, so I, I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Palace probably win this game. I think uh, I'll predict like a two-one Palace. Yeah, win. yeah, that's what I would go for too, for sure. Uh, Leicester Man City uh, G Blue thirty three says, "Is it a risk to sleep on Sane? Could he be this season's consistent mid-priced midfielder?" He he very well might. I mean, he's the top point scorer in the entire FPL game right now. So yeah. it's not a bad thing to say about him. Yeah. Right now he's he's getting more Mendy consistent. Yeah. I'm sorry, you said Otamende? No, till Mendy. Oh, till Mendy. Mendy. Yeah, which yeah. will not happen until like May at best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, I think he's a great option. He's you know, he's kind of neck and neck with uh Raheem Sterling in terms of attacking threat, but I think he just edges Sterling with consistency of minutes. Yeah, and um, I mean, is he is he mid priced? I mean, he's almost he's at this point. If you were buying into him, he's 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 a premium priced player, right? I mean, what, what's his price up to now? It's got to be eight point seven or something like that. It's he's eight point nine right now. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, so he's the same price as Mo. Okay, just straight up, who scores more points the final twenty seven weeks of the season, Mo Salah or Leroy Sané? Probably, well. I think it'll be very close. I think it'll be a toss-up. I think that's a a week-to-week question. What kind of game are you playing? You know, do you have a lot of skin in your head-to-heads? Because then maybe it comes down to Salah has a great matchup this week. Sané looks like he might get rotated. But at the end of the, at the end of thirty-eight weeks, I think they'll be like separated by five points, maybe. If I had to guess. Wow. Well, that's not a very gutsy response. I will go with Mo Salah as the. I, I think Mo Salah will outscore Sane over the course of the season. I just see more rotation risk there from from Sane. Uh, I know we've not seen it the last few weeks, but I, I do think that's going to change. And um, but know, the rotation risk yeah. is one thing. You have to ask yourself how many goals are Manchester City scoring week to week versus Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool. Yeah, they they rolled West Ham over quite easily. West Ham just completely rotten to the core at this stage of the season. Yeah. Well, just Liverpool will go through stretches where they only score one goal a game. Yeah. I mean, but I I just think that Liverpool needs Salah more than Man City needs Sané. I mean, so we we have 11. So just looking at the, just the next six weeks alone, we have uh, 11 premier league fixtures from now and through now through the end of the season, right? 11 different fixtures. Uh, We also for, for city and, and for Liverpool, actually there, there are at least what, two more champions league games, um, I think there are also a couple of um, um, League Cup matches. Uh, so we're talking about like something like 14 fixtures maybe in total um, before uh, the end of the year. I just think that Salah is going to be needed for those Premier League fixtures more than Sané is needed. And so I think that – I mean, it's it, not that this person even brought up this question, but I just I, – I think that I still, on balance, I think that Salah is a more consistent – uh, point scorer throughout the rest of the you know twenty seven weeks of the season. Yeah, it's a very tricky question. It, where you're, where I'm trying to think of it separately from influence on team versus influence in FPL, and I totally agree. I think Salah head and shoulders will be a, a much bigger influence. On right, let me let me let me widen the lens here a little bit, Brandon. Uh, 
let's say the next 27 weeks of the season, does anyone score more than either of those two? Any midfielder? I mean, not not likely. Not yeah. likely. I mean, yeah. you could talk about, you know, people touting Kevin De Bruyne as the the best player in the league right now, but Erickson or Erickson, I still don't see these guys as <clears throat> scoring the goals that Sala and Sane are scoring. I mean, David Silva plays in that great city midfield as well, but he's gone off the boil. Uh, he could make a comeback, but he'll probably show that he's a streaky player through the rest of the season. You know, if we were just starting the season over, let's say you're on a wild card right now, um, you know, do we think that uh, Hazard or Sanchez outscore those two players? Um, it's possible. I mean, maybe more. God, even of those two, I mean, who scores more between Hazard and Sanchez the, the final 27 weeks of the season? They're just such dysfunctional teams right now. I mean, Chelsea look a little better than Arsenal do, but uh, Alexis Sanchez, probably his peak FPL seasons are are well behind him now. I think he finishes out his Arsenal career this season and he's moving on. He's probably already <laughs> moved on in some ways. That's so sad. So uh, melancholy yeah. about it. But I there there will be weeks where Alexis uh blows everyone out of the water, uh, yeah, I would assume. It's... But I just don't see him as a player we're ever going to really truly need this season long term. Melancholy and the infinite Sanchez. There you go. Well, well, well played, sir. <laughs> uh, all right. As as the match itself, uh, I think uh, Man City uh, win this game even pretty pretty easily, even even away to Leicester. Um, yeah. Let's call this a three one City win. And I mean, the question is, you know, who's going to start for City? Uh, we have no clue, and uh, neither does anybody else. And if they tell you they know who's going to start, they're lying to you. I tell you, Nicholas Odomendi is out. Oh, is he out? Yellow card suspension. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's a slam dunk right there. I just gave wow. her always. What a disaster. That guy rose 0.3 in one week, back-to-back one-pointers, and now he's out the third week. That is that is brutal. Yeah, wow. yeah, it, it, it really I is. dodged a bullet there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool-Southampton. Um, you know, Liverpool's going to win this game. The question is... Uh, how what big kind of a fight does Southampton put up? Yeah, how, yeah, exactly. I mean, the Southampton, Southampton as currently constituted, is... You know, not a lot of fun, right? No. I mean, in terms of the fun rankings, if we were ranking these teams one through twenty on basis of just pure fun, which that should be like a Patreon podcast, <laughs> um, they're at the bottom, right? Is anyone less fun than them? Uh, I'd rather watch even West Brom. I think I'd rather watch just because they're they're a little more fun on set plays. You know, set piece plays like maybe uh, you know Chris Brunt's going to do something interesting. I keep mentioning his name on the podcast, but Mario Lamina, they he has been the best player, like bar none. On the Southampton team, I think they've really missed him the last couple of weeks. He had an ankle injury. He's projected to maybe return uh, here after the break, and he will be really crucial to Southampton's prospects going against Liverpool. He's just like a, yeah, a yeah. great dynamo in that midfield. I mean, not a great FPL player. He's he's more of a, a battler and a tackler and a um, a, a possession man. Like sure. an Angola Conte sort. Yep. I think they really need him back if they're going to compete against Liverpool. But I, I agree. They they haven't shown a whole lot of fighting spirit. They just got a lot yeah. of selfish people in the midfield like Buffal. I don't know what game he's playing at. He scored a m- marvelous goal, but it's it's all about him. Dusan yeah. Tadic doing his whole thing. It, it's it, It's a bit of a mess there. 
Yeah, it's kind of a mess. Um, all right, yeah, I think Liverpool uh, win this game pretty easily. I actually think that's an easier game for them because I think Southampton will at least try to win this game or try to score. Uh, so I'll guess, um, yeah, it's the Virgil van Dijk game too. It'd be interesting to see what van Dijk does in this match. You know, after uh, sure. really agitated for a move there all summer. He, he will want to prove himself. But speaking of defense, a lot of people have been muttering about uh, – like Moreno and on the Liverpool defense or, or Joel Matip. I you just this, can't do it. Right. It's just not worth the money. Yeah, if you've already taken the plunge, I would be kind of excited to start a Liverpool defender in this game. I, I, I like the clean sheet yeah. odds. Yeah. It's just that that whole team is that, that defense is not fun. Uh, most Salah is fun, however, <laughs> uh, and a definite captain options in this game week. Uh, so I'll guess, uh, you know, I think it's like a three, nothing Liverpool win. I, I'll go one or two nothing in favor of Liverpool. Um, okay. And, and again, it's, it's just like wild predictions as to what type of, <laughs> yeah. what type of mentality Southampton shows up with. I mean, Frazier right. Forrester, basically all Salah has to do is, is remember to shoot the ball on the ground. Forrester <laughs> cannot reach anything below his knees, which are already like five feet off the ground. <laughs> uh, all right. We've got, uh, we've got two more Saturday matches. Uh, first one is uh, West Brom, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea away. Uh, Lordy one one five nine says, "Is Courtois a valuable a viable option in the Chelsea defense? Uh, you know, given their upcoming fixtures." Sure, well, he's he's the cheapest way into the Chelsea defense by far. David Luiz, yeah. I'm not sure how long he'll get frozen out of uh, that defensive yeah. lineup. Maybe Conte just needed one match to prove that he was he was bigger than David Luiz, and he could be back starting. Uh, he's and Luis offers a little bit more than Courtois does just because he could possibly score a goal. Yeah. That that said, I like Courtois. If, if you're looking to have a differential, that's not De Gea, then go for it. I'm into it's it. Ama- it's amazing. I'll just, I'll just talk about, uh, you know, Lonzo, Marcus Alonso being a season keeper. And now it's Osplaqueta is uh, only 0.1 less expensive than Alonso. He's 6.8 million. Uh, he has outscored Marcus Alonso by 21 points on the season now. Uh, that is extraordinary. It really is. I mean, five assists to Alberto Morata, like almost every single one of those off of Morata's head. I don't think yep. I don't think all yep. of them were, but it's ridiculous for him that Dave is in. Can he can he keep it up? Is the question. I I sure. I mean, why not? Right. I mean, he's he's probably the you know one of the absolute best. You know, well, I was going to say he's a fullback, but I, I he sort of plays as a center back in their system right so uh whatever it is he does he's great at it so uh he'll, he'll keep it up fixtures coming up for chelsea too they have liverpool in game week 13 so that's dicey defensively but then it's swansea newcastle west ham huddersfield southampton ridiculous so if you're if you're moving things around in your defense and you're looking at courtois as piliqueta now's the time to get on board particularly as you're saying josh that yeah, Caesar's price is is kind of skyrocketing week on week. I wonder if a really bad loss for West Brom would actually end the the Pulis Pul, what a Pulis Pulis the Pulis era at West Brom. Like if Chelsea won five nothing, does that end the Pulis era? So people are talking about this West Brom death spiral. Um, I do find it kind of humorous because who has really cared about West Brom ever? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, Richard Orford, but. Um, they that kid. This is. It's weird that this is the first time anyone's even noticed that West Brom are supposedly in a death spiral. 
Yeah, it's well. I mean, I don't yeah, see it's, a it's, whole lot of cause anyone, for anyone who's owned anyone who's owned you know Ahmed Hagazi knows about this death spiral, right? Because it's it's been it's been pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, that said, but um, any FPL guru worth their salt told you to get rid of Hagazi, you know, months ago. Um, I was, I, I it's I, I you're speechless. I am just, I am speechless. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, would, I am not. I am not as concerned about Pulis's career. I don't know. I don't know that West Brom has any lofty ambitions here, and I think they have a squad that's good enough to keep them up, given the competition. Sure. Uh, everybody, relax. Fair they're gonna, enough. They're going uh, to lose to yeah. Chelsea. It'll, but it will be fine. Yeah, they'll lose two nothing to Chelsea. It'll be a boring game that we'll all forget about the next week. Man United, Newcastle. It's the late game on Saturday. Uh, BJ Betterman says, is Pogba worth the risk on a wild card this week? Uh, we talked about this earlier. Um, Long term, I think he is worth the risk. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's been out for, what, about seven weeks or so? And, uh, you know, he was totally up for it before he went injured. He was really, he was a guy that we'd ragged down a little bit on the podcast. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I had a full 180. I was, I was convinced. I was on the Pogba bandwagon. I was so sad when he got injured because he was the one player in my squad at that m- moment where he, he, he went off injured where he was fun to yeah. have in your FPL squad to watch yes. play. And he was bringing this whole new element to the Premier League that we didn't see last season. So it's, yeah. he's truly been missed. But for me, Pogba at this point, I will be most – assuming he comes back, I am kind of waiting for United to get knocked out of the Champions League and out of all the cups. I just want – I would want Pogba all to myself in FPL. That's what I, mean, I want. Men United are what? Like, they're 4-0 in the Champions League, right? I think they've already qualified. Yeah, for it's going to uh, be a while before they're yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a good um, long while. Yeah, like March or something. But, yeah, I think um, – is he worth the wild card this week? No. I don't know. I guess not. Next week? Sure. I mean, they, they have a pretty good run of fixtures coming up. So, uh, yeah. yeah just, just what just I was saying playing. about him uh, comparing him to Erickson. He, we know Pogba is obviously a world-class player, but coming back from injury and given this United team has really struggled for goals of late, I'm going to need to see a little something before yeah. I I drop that $8 million. So- Certainly tempting. I mean, you know, to yeah. go from Ericsson to Pogba, it's you know, you save one point seven million. That one point seven million can turn, you know, some mediocre defender into Asplaqueta or or whomever, you yeah. know, or, or a better forward. So uh definitely tempting. Uh all right, I do think Man United win this game. Um, you know, Lukaku is a flat track bully, he loves playing a bad team. Uh I think this is like a four nothing Man United win. Mm. Yeah, I I'd be I'm more Hopeful that Newcastle will show their mettle here. They'll get up for playing at Old Trafford, yada, yada, yada. They're an organized outfit. Benitez is not going to run them out to get crushed by a United team that's been kind of listless attacking-wise. I think United will overpower them eventually, but I think it's going to be more like a 1 or 2 nothing victory for them. Sunday, Watford-West Ham. The only match on Sunday, I will be home from the red eye, and I plan to sleep right through this game. <laughs> well, Richarlison uh, <laughs> scores four to five goals. <laughs> sure. Arsenal Wizard says, with the fixture pileup coming up, will a player like Richarlison, who is not playing European football, uh, still be guaranteed 90 minutes in a game? Uh, also, he only seems to hit form in the away matches. Could there be any plausible reasoning behind that? 
I mean, yeah, the stats show that Richarlson has really performed best away from home. So that's that's very a very reasonable thing to say. Uh, another reasonable thing to say is West Ham are are right up there with the worst teams in the league. <clears throat> and they now have what could be proven to be one of the worst managers to ever manage in the Premier League. Uh, David Moyes. Um, sorry to all you Everton fans. Well, that's that's not fair. I mean, Moyes was Moyes was very good for a very long time at Everton. I mean, you know, like not very good like Champions League every year, but like they were like they were a solid fifth or sixth place team for for like a decade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's true. I mean, his definitely the last the last five years or so have been wildly <laughs> unkind yeah. to the. Well, man. yeah. The the one year at Man United and then the year at Sunderland were were not great, and uh, and then he had a year at uh, it was a Deportivo uh, in the uh, La Liga, which which didn't go very well either, but. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a very uninspired hire. Certainly, I'm a West Ham fan. I'm not excited about this at all. Um, yeah, and I also don't think he's going to make them any more defensively solid. I mean, oh God, no. what can you do about a defense where like everyone's 35 and older? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I, I mean, yeah, Richarlison definite captain shot this game week. Um, I don't think he's any more likely to rotate than anybody else is over the next few game weeks. I mean, he's probably more likely to actually start than anybody's. Young. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the younger players. He's he's beloved by yeah. I think, the manager and the team. He's really up and coming. Just yeah. the, the body language when he tried to take that penalty over Tom cleverly. Right. He seems to be one of those guys at Watford who really wants to help take them to the next level. He's going to want to be a part yeah. of every match. I I would be surprised if he gets rested a single game this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I everyone's probably going to get rested over the next few game weeks because there's there's just so many. Uh, even even if all you're doing is playing the Premier League. I mean, 11 fixtures in, in six weeks is insanity. Um, so, yeah, the, the waveform thing versus home, I mean, to me that's, that's just a bit of a fluke. I think it's something that evens out over the course of a season. Um, I mean, you know, Aguero had a run like this last year where he was better away than he was at home. But, um, you know, this year he's I think he scored more at home than away. I mean, there's just no like um, I mean, it, it can be very fixture dependent. And I mean, it could be that um, they were just they had a chance to be to hit people in the break a little more and that he's a little more solid on the break. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, when you're away, you tend to be a little more defensive. But. Um, the qualities that would make him good on the break also make him good in the attack when they're at home. So, uh, you know, I don't think that he's like, he's not Jamie Vardy, right? Like he doesn't, I don't think he has to be like in a real counter puncher or sort of counterattacking mode to be a good player. I think he's, he's, he's really naturally aggressive no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. All that said, I don't want to get too carried away with this match. It, it, classic, like coming back from international break syndrome, a lot of yeah. these games are going to be damp squibs, and sure, sure. Uh, I I think Watford will be heavily are well. I don't Watford are definitely heavily favored to win this match, but I'm not going to get as carried away as to put the armband on for Charles. And I I sure. see I see it to be more of like a one one a, two max goal differential here. It's a creative armband option, though, to be sure. Yeah. Uh, final match: Brighton Stoke. Uh, no questions for this one. Uh, you're looking at bringing in a Brighton defender. I, I'm probably going to triple captain Chippa Moting. 
So it's yeah, wow. Uh, it's wow. Real, real Everything's going to be on the line. This is incredible. This is <laughs> yeah, the drama that people tune yeah. into always cheating for. Yeah. I, I have a couple extra triple captains this year that I've carried over from previous years. So roll over um, triple captain. Yeah. Roll over triple captain. So I'm excited about this. I'm going to play uh, one this week, uh, one next week, and then I'll save one for the double game weeks. That's strategic thinking. Uh, that's yeah, huge, huge yeah, Josh. Pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. I may bring, uh, as I said, I might bring in Dunk, Dunk or Duffy. It would not be just because this home matchup to Stoke is so enticing. <laughs> uh, it's more of a long-term transfer, sure. definitely just to bring in a, a solid 4.5-ish defender. So I, I, I'm not going to uh, predict a clean sheet for Brighton here. Stoke have enough attacking potential. It's going to be a t- I think this is going to be a tight, interesting game. If I do what I think I'm going to do, which is um, – move ben davis into charlie daniels just it seems like the most logical move this game week it solves a problem for me and it frees up money which i really kind of need um i would probably make next week's move uh chopoboti to richarlison uh i like chopoboti and i like that he's playing out of position but i don't like him as much as i like richarlison uh so this may be my my chopoboti swan song match yeah uh jack butlin broke his finger or something in in training yeah, over the break. I saw that. I don't know how long that how long you already have for with the broken figure though. You can still play, right? I mean, you can play yeah, he's, he's not definitely out. It, but it could be the return of everyone's favorite super sub Lee Grant. Yeah, but then what you bring in Lee Grant for like, you know, 2 weeks or something. You know, sure, just, yeah, 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 it doesn't seem worth it. But uh, I, I do wonder if uh, much much is made about Brighton's like really poor attacking prowess. Um, Pascal Gross be damned. But uh, having some of that um, change or rotation happening in the Stoke defense does give me a little more confidence that Brighton might be able to score this weekend or on. Monday. Oh yeah, I mean, if I if I were a Hamed owner, I mean, what a moment for me! What a thing. moment! One shining moment. <laughs> if I had Glenn Murray, you know, I'd be I'd be very excited about this game. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to think. It's Thanksgiving week. It's Brighton Stoke. <laughs> God bless you. God bless yeah. you, Premier League. I'm Have just, fun I'm with just, it, guys. I'm just glad you're back. All right, let's take a quick break. Same old podcast, Josh, we're back. We're going to talk about our friends starting 11. As you all know, this is the uh, best new daily fantasy Premier League app in town. And you can find more information about Starting 11. Just go to their website, Starting 11. That's starting11.io. And there you can find ways to download the app for your iPhone or your Android. It's a beautiful-looking app, which you can uh, play mobile. You can challenge your friends. You can challenge strangers all around the world, people in the bar with you watching the matches. And uh, we, we can remind you of the great features of Starting 11. You can make live in-game substitutions. Uh, there are no budgets, no budget limits for the squads you set. And you can play starting 11 any day in which there are at least two Premier League matches yep. happening. I'm speechless, uh, Brennan. You're, you're just you're, – you're, I'm you're crushing this right yeah, now. You're crushing this. Um, I will say it's, it's a fun way to if, – if you care about interacting with the cheaters, Brennan and Josh – uh, it's a great way to do it because we've had a lot of fun direct message conversations with people who have, you know, challenged us to a starting eleven contest. It's just a good way to break from the the mold of a very long season. Uh, you know, if you're if you're like if, you know if you're visiting a friend or you just want like a slightly different you know version of fantasy where it's just a, you know it's a single day you just compete and you both pick your same starting like you just you, you both pick your own starting eleven. It's just a slightly different way to um, to play the game and. Uh, 
I know I've had a lot of fun with it over the last 11 weeks. I'm imagining a situation in which uh, you've been separated from your, your son for many years. Sure. And you, you found that the only way that you're really only able to connect with your son is, is through football, through sport. Right. And right. Uh, it's a very awkward moment where the two of you uh, see each other for the first time in many years. You're there on the couch. And the only thing on television is, is Premier League football. Right. Both you this and your is, son. You, you fire I, just, up I can't believe you're you're drawing this from real life, Brendan. I can't believe you're you're yeah. you're just you're All telling right. this story. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to heavily edit this story because I'm gonna be tearing up here in a moment. <laughs> but you, you imagine you and and your son both download the starting eleven app for your phone and right. and uh, you're challenging each other and you're playing and in the midst you you suddenly really reconnect and find what it is yeah. that you love about family and yeah. and the and the love that you share and that's Brandon, what, it's, that's it's what not your starting eleven you. It's not your fault. It's not Branded. Your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault. <laughs> All right, everybody. Starting11.io. Download the app today, and it's a lot of fun. That's right. Branded, we're into the lightning round, as usual. No more than 30 seconds on any question, uh, which is a rule that we break constantly, but we, have, we at least try to keep to that. Uh, lots of different questions about wild cards and, uh, and uh, some other stuff, too. So... Um, this is it. Like we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna just letting run ourselves right out of this podcast episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no sign off of any kind. Just as, no as soon as you off. hear the last uh, clap of thunder, we're gone. All right, I got a few wild card formation questions. Uh, Scott Kelly says I'm not wild carding, but for those who are, who are the absolutely essential players to own right now? Uh, Mo Salah, Harry Kane, and Phil Jones. You got a list of Man City player, I think, too. Oh, do I have to? Uh, Leroy Sané, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that sounds good. I think I'd probably go uh, De Gea over Jones. Um, I don't normally advocate for premium uh, goalkeepers, but uh, I think he's just he's so consistent and that team is so defensively solid that um, I just like his I like that price point uh, for him. Yeah, Sergio Aguero is like just on the bubble there for me, and sure. I think the the rotation question is really um, the fixtures coming up. Yeah, just. What formation would you wildcard for? Uh, and aside for specific players, how much would you spread the money around? Uh, I mean, maybe my own bias here, but I feel what when I'm having good weeks this season, and I think it's been a, it's there have been rough patches for everybody. There have been rough patches for every type of formation, but I think having a team that gives you an ability to react is critical this season. So. Um, I'm real. I I would vote for four four two, but maybe just a traditional three four three. But I think that the days of the power front three are gone because we we mm. we haven't yeah. seen a week in a while in which there have been three power three forwards that all hit on the same week. So I yeah. think I think you I'm could just argue voting. for the you could argue for the four three three as well, which is a rotation that I've played a lot this year. Yeah, or a formation that is. Yeah, I I I guess yes, and it just depends on who your fourth midfielder there is because we've just seen uh, midfielders really come to the fore in the last week. I think you're if you're wild carding now, you're wild carding into like a bullish midfield market. Yeah, I mean the the real answer here is um, it's it's very. It's very hard to pick uh, for me. There are a lot of different formations that are that are successful. I'm not sure there's one that is the um, definitive best answer here. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry if that's a punt, but I just 
I don't feel like I don't feel like I have like a, a clear answer to that. Question. Well, I just I just want to underline the flexibility factor I, and and take into account. I mean, I'm in a bad spot with Calvert Lewin because I'm stuck with a cheap third striker. So if you're if if you wanted to play two up front, if you could find a way to get at least a six point five seven million, like get into that Josh King um, ballpark, you'll be better for it. Uh, Nodi Oreo says, name two premium fours you'd have if you're on a wild card right now. Well, Harry Kane and, uh, it's between Lukaku and Aguero. Uh, I, I, I think <laughs> Lukaku, he's got great fixtures coming up. And as we've been yeah. talking about the return of Pogba, um, he's got the edge. So I think it's Kane and Lukaku kind of where we were sitting when in game week yeah. one. Such a mess right now. It's such a mess. I mean, I get Murata's got to be up there too. I think. I mean, anyone who scored, you know, hat trick already this season, he's on seven goals, three assists, just scored a really nice goal. What a, a really nice goal! That 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 goal. We we didn't give it enough credit in last week's podcast. Uh, that header to win the main United match was fantastic. It was. It was great. No doubt yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think I would have Kane and uh, Lukaku. I guess uh, maybe Aguero, and I'd just deal with the with the rotation. All right, next question comes from Danthony Goss. If you had to pick any four defenders with no price limit, who would you pick? Only one per team, then pick any goalie. Okay, so now we're uh, we're being asked to basically create the dream defense. So we talked about De Gea and goal. I think we might agree on that. Yeah. And uh, Aspilicueta there. Sure. It's only one per team. Yeah, Aspilicueta. Um, you know, the, the Spurs defender you'd pick as uh, a tricky one, right? Don Vertonghen, I, I think is, is the one reliable. there. Reliable. Yeah. Maybe, he's, maybe trippier. I mean, if he's, it seems like he's starting most game weeks. Yeah. Uh, Vertonghen is just shown to be really great with bonus and with them sort of shifting the, the back three or, or shifting to a back two with Elderworld being out, um, Vertonghen's been getting forward, and I like it. Yeah, I like, I like his style. Vertonghen's flagged now too. Did you see this with an ankle injury? Oh, I did. I missed that. Yeah, so well, um, I retract everything. Everything good I said about the man. <laughs> uh, I think Kyle Walker. You'd have to put up there. Yeah, definitely. I think John Stones is uh, shown to be kind of a party pooper because um, he's 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 only scored goals in the Champions League. That's yeah. a problem, and he's—they're not keeping clean sheets, so you need Kyle Walker in that spot because of his attacking potential. Yeah, and I think of the final defender, I guess I'd pick someone between me or Ward, depending on who your preference is. There, I think either one would would be fine. Perfect shout, perfect shout. Yeah. Next question, Haas McHans. How essential is it to have a bench full of starters now that the schedule is getting more intense and rotations will be more common? Cheers. This is a slam dunk for you, Josh. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's very essential. It's a real problem for me, and one that I need to solve uh, as soon as possible. Uh, I have I have Chalaba, I have Davis, I have uh, Mbemba. Uh, you could possibly include Phil Jones. Uh, I've got two Man City players who are very rotation like risk right now, and in, in Sterling Jesus. Uh, so I have like maybe six players who are all at risk at any given game week. Um, it is a real problem and one that I just have to solve as soon as possible. And so I think it starts with Davis this game week um, and hopefully Chalaba in the next couple of game weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's so crucial, particularly like going back to the word I was using earlier, flexibility. 
having that bench there, even if even if you're and end up lucky and and missing out on a lot of rotation, the way these fixtures are are uh, or the form of these teams is shifting dramatically week on week. It's just a lot more fun to be able to to set a different lineup uh, yeah. every week. All right, PSI Terran says. Uh, currently, my defense is Davis, Jones, Otamendi, Simpson, and Mbemba, and I have two free transfers. Me seems like a steal, so I'm going to downgrade Davis for him. After that, I can either upgrade Otamendi to Aspilicueta or upgrade uh, Mbemba to Daniels or Duffy, and I cannot figure out which is better. Um, to answer that, I will go with Daniels if money is no object. Uh, Duffy is, I think, 0.3 cheaper, though, so um, keep that in mind. Uh, Ospilicueta is obviously stronger, but Daniels let me rotate defenders better. Uh, as it stands, I'm leaning toward Ospilicueta, so that's Ospilicueta from Otamendi, because it's a more glamorous move, uh, <laughs> and, it's, and it's too enticing. Uh, so basically my question is, I'm better off having a big power defender or spreading that money out to have a more flexible rotating defense. Uh, I think it's very appropriate this question comes after the last question, because I think if you have a member and you have two free transfers and you can you don't have enough problems in your team elsewhere that you can fix this problem... I would just go ahead and fix the amendment problem because you're really going to want – I mean, especially – I mean, you know, in, in a case like this, actually, I think that maybe Duffy is the better option because um, he's a center back. He's probably going to – I mean, he might play every single game week through the rest of the 2017, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think um, – I think I guess that's what I would do, or maybe Dunk, right? Who I think is point one cheaper. Yep. Um, either one of those two. I mean, Duffy is. Uh, I think he's got a little more goal threat, so I, I guess I would probably pay the extra point one for him. I mean, that guy gets he gets really far forward. I he mean, sure does. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like. He has no accuracy, but he does. <laughs> he, he's aggressive. Yeah, somewhat reminiscent of Vertonghen, who we were just talking about. All right. This goes back to the question, uh, or to, to last week's podcast, actually, where uh, Dave Wagner Lodal and Nick Cummings both talked about. You know, there's one piece of advice to keep in mind. It's it's fix your weakest link. And if you have MM in your squad or, you know, in my case, I've got two non-playing defenders. I mean, I'm, I'm going to include Davies in the non-playing defender category, even though he does play sometimes. Um, I think you have to fix that weakest link. And you can't – you shouldn't be doing a luxury transfer when you've got two defenders who aren't starting, right? you gotta like, you got to fix that problem. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I'm just thinking about this Aspilicueta uh, question that PSI is talking about and the idea of how many premium defenders you can really fit into your side without compromising your midfield or your strike force. Right. And I like Aspilicueta, but only if, say, he's your one defender that's over $5 million. So that would be what I would keep in mind thinking about, Dave. He is a, he's a fantastic <laughs> he- option. It's really expensive, though. I mean, this this is a guy who doesn't score any goals, right? I mean, I know he scored one this season, but he's not a goal scorer in general. Um, I have to think he's a little fortunate to have five assists already in the season. I mean, that's 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 definitely not stripping his production from previous years. Fortunate, yes, but the clean sheets and the bonus are also there, which um, which could be just as good. Yeah, I mean, but he just he had five assists in the entire season last year and the season before. So yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm sure he'll have. I I wouldn't be surprised if he had five more over the next thirty weeks, but um, I don't think he's on pace for like a, you know, five goal, fifteen assist season. You know, he's, he's not he's not like an excess Fabregas. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Big Luke five seven five. If you could build a five aside team made up of social media FPL personalities, and we're looking at Twitter, Reddit, uh, the Scout, and other podcasts, etc. Who would you have and why? Ooh, wow. 
This is this is a tough one. I have to pick pick uh, five people. Well, we've got to have. I feel like Dinnery's got to be in there because Ben sure. Dinnery basically has the most knowledge out of, of anyone <laughs> in the FPL yeah. community. Yeah, I think uh, the general he's very plugged into. That'd be a useful one. FPL team leader general. with a, a team leader with a name like General too. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I think uh, we'd want Ken Rooney in there for his his rock solid. Um, just you know, he's he seems very stable, right? Like yeah. he's your holding midfielder. And Ken Rooney's going to be a great locker room personality as well. He's <laughs> he's, he's got a light personality, great gifts, but yeah. he he also has a solid brain. Right. Exactly. Uh, what is that? That's that's three. Um, well, I think we should include Big Luke in there, right? He's been a he's been a real proponent of it. He didn't even, you know, this was not, I don't think, an attempt on his part to get into this top five. <laughs> well, but I think, but, I but you know, you that. have to ask the question to get on the team. So there you are, Big Luke is in. <laughs> uh, that leaves one more spot. Oh, that's that's tough. Um, uh, for the final player, let's go with Andy from the Scoutcast. Uh, I like his I like his Twitter feed. I like I like him on the Scout. He. Um, he doesn't yell at people as much as other people in the Scoutcast do, which I always I like. I, I don't like getting yelled at or seeing people get yelled at, so that's that's definitely. Um, I like I like it. Andy feels like he'd be the sober, solid striker up front, where we could count on him for a few goals every 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 match. <laughs> exactly. All right, that's our five aside. We didn't include ourselves. We're the coaches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we're the owners. We get to sit up in the uh, that's, that's the, true the VIP suite and just and just. Um, Look morosely down at the at the pitch in our three piece suits and our hot yeah. wives. I want to be an active Mark Cuban style owner, though. I want to <laughs> I want to be like on the bench all the time. Okay. Next question is from the Tone Drone twenty three. Um, all these great Reddit questions, Josh. How are you feeling about these Reddit questions today? I think they're they're wonderful. All right, Tone Drone asks, <laughs> "Hey guys, what do you think about having two primo mids along with two budget mids? For example, Richarlison and Gross." And RLC on the bench. The setup also has three high hitting forwards um, up too. Is this vi- a viable way to set up, or should I be looking at downgrading a high hitter forward to make way for another Man City mid? In some ways, it's tough to argue for bringing another Man City mid ahead of all of these fixtures because I don't know. I mean, if if you don't have you know De Bruyne, I mean, you know, it feels it feels like you know. Air, um, Sterling and Sané, like, I mean, Sané is not being rotated right now. I, I think that he will. I still feel like that's going to happen. Right now it's not happening. So if you feel like that's going to continue, then um, and you don't have Sané, then, yeah, it's probably worth freeing up some money to bring him in. Um, I think the premium mids are going to start to pay off more. I mean, the problem is there's the, the mid-tier for the, for the forwards is not great, right? There's not a lot of – There is none. Yeah, there is none. I mean, the best you have is Jamie Vardy, who's having a kind of up and down season. Yeah. Um, you know, Firmino is kind of the same way. And so you're either either you're just not starting a third mid or a third forward, or you've got like a guy who's ten million or more. Yep. Um, so it, it it's a tough call. Um That's I kind of have three sorry, go ahead. Oh, just I have three I have three expensive forwards right now, uh, in Jesus, Lukaku, and Kane. Um I would happily swap out Jesus or Kane if 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 it worked out correctly, you know, if like a, if, I don't know, I just I don't really know what to do right now uh, <laughs> with some of these moves, and I have so many other problems to solve. Right, I've got I've got Mbemba, I've got Davis. I just I can't worry about that right now. So um, it doesn't seem like a huge problem to me. Like I feel like I there are other problems to sort out before 
fixing your three premium forward problems. Totally. And if if the tone drones mid is two primo mids plus Richarlson, Gross, and RLC, that's a great five man lineup. I don't see anything urgent there. The only way, yep. the only reason you want to change that is because you're bringing in, you're really vastly improving your midfield with a guy like a Man City mid, as you're saying, Josh, or, or if you don't have Mohamed Salah. Yep, Other, exactly. Otherwise, just relax. You're good. Save a transfer. Here's an easy one I'll answer myself. Onos9 says, what are the best teams for cheap four or four, four or five million defenders? Uh, I think uh, Burnley, Brighton, and Huddersfield, those three, uh, probably in that order, uh, are the place to look. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Huddersfield have a, a tough patch in game weeks 13 and 14 with City and Arsenal. Um, but beyond that, they've, they've looked really solid, surprisingly. And the final question of the lightning round, Josh, comes from Strange Pineapple on a scale of 7 to 12. It's an interesting scale there, <laughs> pineapple. On a scale of 7 to 12, how often do you eat pineapple? And now, I, mm. now, I see, now I see why the scale is strange because the question itself, Josh, is strange. <laughs> I love pineapple. I think pineapple is really delicious. Yeah. I like uh, pineapple often- too. I put it's- it in a smoothie sometimes. Uh, if, if the question were peaches – I would say closer to 12 because I eat a lot of peaches in, in my smoothies. But uh, pineapple, I got to go eight on a scale of seven to 12. <laughs> the big issue with pineapple is just chopping it up. It's very complicated fruit to chop up. And uh, true. I, I need a pre-chopped. If I get a pre-chopped, <laughs> uh, you're looking at 10, a solid yep. 10 for me. Yeah, okay, that, that's fair. Uh, 10 out of 14, right? 10 out of 14, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to scale this, yeah. Uh, all right, that's enough. Enough nonsense. Uh, the podcast is over. Find the podcast on Twitter. We're twitter.com slash hailcheaters. Facebook, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, visit our website, alwayscheating.com. Visit our Patreon page and support the podcast at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, and I think, Brandon, why don't we do that as a Patreon podcast? Why don't we do the the most fun team rankings or, or something like that? Let's do something. Let's do a fun special podcast with the Patreon. I love that because our, 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 our patrons deserve something fun. So I think that's a they, great idea. They do. The The knockout league has been a bloodbath the last few games. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think we have a couple uh, cool features coming up for our Patreon page and and other things on the podcast before the yes. end of the year. So more, for sure. for more sure. to come. And subscribe to Always Cheating if you don't already subscribe. Find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. We've gotten some um, great reviews on our iTunes page, which we deeply, deeply appreciate. That really helps people find the pod so uh check us out there on itunes soundcloud google play stitcher radio pod uh, pocket cast a cast tune in wherever you get your podcast thank you for listening yep thanks a lot it's uh it's kind of a weird episode uh you know it's always it's, these these two parters you know international break are always kind of strange uh, battling a cold a little bit too so thanks for sticking with us uh we're back with a normal podcast next week talk to you soon good luck this weekend yeah good luck everyone hail poku Praise Pogba. Come back, Pogba. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.